Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Sherry. Today's story is pretty mild compared to the disappearances, murders, and other things I usually discuss. In 2017, we remember hearing this feel-good story of the year. A woman runs out of gas on a highway exit. A homeless man helps her. She raises money for him and they go viral really fast. This was national news. But greed and lies soon become the headlines instead. This story will make you question yourself before donating to GoFundMe or will have you only donating to ones that are for people you know personally. My sources are listed in the description area of the video. This is the case of the GoFundMe scam. This story takes us back to 2017. 2017 was the year Donald Trump was elected president. Three really bad hurricanes ravished Texas, Florida, and Puerto Rico. There was the big Harvey Weinstein scandal where multiple women accused the famed director of sexual assault over the last few decades. Colin Kaepernick was the first NFL player to kneel during the national anthem in 2016. So in 2017, more NFL players kneeled during the national anthem to raise awareness of social injustice like police brutality against black Americans. The average price of a gallon of gas was $2.41 a gallon. America got to see the first solar eclipse in 99 years. And lastly, the biggest food trend of the year was boozy ice cream. I like booze, I like ice cream, but they don't seem like they belong together. Kate McClure was a young lady who worked as a secretary at the New Jersey Department of Transportation. She has a boyfriend named Mark D'Amico. Together, they live in Burlington County, New Jersey. They seem like a typical couple. They have no children. Kate is 28 years old and Mark is 39. In November of 2017, Kate is driving in Philadelphia. She's alone and it's late at night. She's on an exit on 95. Well, she runs out of gas. She can get on the shoulder and she is terrified. I've driven on this exact Gerard Avenue exit many, many times, and it's certainly nowhere I'd want to break down. She says her heart was racing. When seemingly out of nowhere, a homeless man appears. He is 35-year-old Johnny Bobbitt. He says, no worries, just get back in the car, lock your doors, and he will help her. He walks to the gas station and spends his last $20 to get her gas and get her back home. All is well, and that was it. Kate is grateful that this kind stranger helped her and tells her boyfriend Mark about what happened that evening. Kate didn't have any cash on her at the time when she ran out of gas, so she and Mark go over to where Johnny hangs out and panhandles. He lives under the 95 bridge. They repay him for the gas, give him food, gloves, a coat, hats, and would give him a few dollars each time they see him. Kate and Mark wanted to do something more for Johnny, something that would have a lasting impact on him. But the problem is they don't have a lot of money themselves. Kate works as a secretary making $42,000 per year. Mark makes $16,000 per year. They're not rich by any means. They decide they want to raise $10,000 via GoFundMe for Johnny and help get him off the streets. Maybe they can get him enough to get a trailer or something to sleep in. So Kate puts the story out there and the link to the GoFundMe. Well, this goes viral. People are so touched that this homeless man rescued this woman and used the only money he had to get her gas. 
This pulled on the heartstrings of so many people, and the $10,000 goal was met almost right away. And then it starts growing and growing and growing. Kate, Mark, and Johnny have interviews on the Today Show, Ellen DeGeneres, and local news stations. Within one month, the GoFundMe hits $400,000, and the money is still rolling in. Kate gives updates on Johnny and says they were working with a financial advisor and Johnny was going to get his dream truck, which is a 1999 Ford Ranger, and he really wanted a computer. They don't want to give him a lump sum because he was a drug addict who, and they feel that he will likely spend it on drugs. Kate says, we couldn't thank all of you enough for the kindness you have shown. Mark and I are beyond humbled and grateful that you took our little project and turned it into a worldwide cause that thousands of people supported. Let's get into a little backstory on Johnny Bobbitt. At the time this story takes place, Johnny is 35 years old. Now, Johnny wasn't always homeless. He used to live in North Carolina where his family owned a farm. Johnny worked as a paramedic. And during this time, he became addicted to drugs. He lost his job and his fiance. He also lost the trust of his family. Johnny was a a Marine veteran who served from 2002 to 2004 as a ammunition technician. Johnny leaves North Carolina and moves to Philadelphia to start a warehouse job, which falls through, and he has to stay on the streets where he begins using drugs again. I looked at Johnny's Facebook page, and it seems like he was just a completely typical paramedic from North Carolina at one point in his life. It hasn't been updated since 2016. He looks nothing like he did in his Facebook pictures, and I honestly can't even tell it's the same person. So Kate and Mark buy Johnny a camper. That was his choice. He wanted a camper. They also bought bought him an older truck. Both items were registered in Kate's name. Kate and Mark allowed Johnny to keep the camper in their yard. He can live right outside their house. They dole out money as needed for his everyday expenses, such as clothes and razors and stuff. They don't want to just hand him large amounts because they know he'll spend it on drugs. He also doesn't have a bank account or any ID. Johnny is enrolled in outpatient rehab, and Mark and Kate drive him there as needed since his truck needs a fuel pump and Johnny doesn't have a license anyway. Things seem to be okay right now. Kate and Johnny invite Mark in their home for Christmas, and there's photos of the three of them in their pajamas making cookies and hanging out in the living room that got published on the GoFundMe site. There's a book deal coming soon, and the three of them will likely get another windfall from that. Johnny was given a $25,000 lump sum from Kate and Mark. Mark claims Johnny spent all $25,000 in just 13 days, so he's not comfortable giving him any more amounts that large. Things become a little strange, and not all is well in paradise as it had been at one time. This starts around six to eight months after Kate ran out of gas and Johnny used his last $20 to help her. Johnny accuses the couple of withholding funds from him and decides he needs to sue. He gets a lawyer who is going to work pro bono. He tells his lawyer they've been spending a lot of money that was supposed to be for him. Remember, all these people who donated thought they were donating to get a homeless, kind-hearted veteran off the street. They weren't donating money for Kate and Mark to live on Easy Street for a few years. Mark tells Johnny that he needs to take his camper and leave his property. He can't stay there anymore. 
Johnny says that out of the $400,000-plus that was raised for him, he only received $75,000, an old pickup truck, and a camper, and he wants the rest of his money. Mark and Kate appear on the Megyn Kelly Today Show, and they said there is still well over $150,000 of the money left. They hadn't been spending it on themselves. They just didn't want to hand Johnny money because he's a drug addict, and that's like handing him a loaded gun. Johnny's lawyers say Kate and Mark used the donated funds like their personal piggy bank to fund a lifestyle that they could not otherwise afford. Remember, Kate is a secretary who makes $42,000 a year. Mark makes $16,000 a year. Some people can make it work and enjoy lavish things at that income level. I'm not saying that, but not all of this at the same time. As well, they were taking limos to airports and had a helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon. They took trips to Las Vegas and Disney World. This is all within a year after they started the GoFundMe. They weren't even trying to lay low. They're flaunting their wealth all over the place. They bought a new BMW and Kate has some very expensive Louis Vuitton bags and Chanel sunglasses. She has a closet full of new clothes dozens of pairs of new Nike shoes, they both have new iPhones, and a load of other things from shopping sprees. Kate claims that the trips to Disney World were funded by their salaries, the Grand Canyon helicopter tour was a gift to her from Mark, and the trip to Los Angeles was funded by The Ellen DeGeneres Show. At this point, Johnny and his lawyers, and mostly the police, are wanting to see copies of this couple's bank statements. Where did they suddenly get the funds to afford such a lavish lifestyle over the last year? What do you guys think? How could they suddenly afford all of these things? I wonder. One thing that stood out to me was a total of $85,000 was taken out of ATMs at casinos in Philadelphia and Atlantic City. Kate and Mark claim they have given Johnny $200,000 and the balance would give, be given to him once he's clean. The police have now launched an investigation into where all this money went as it is assumed that Kate and Mark have no more money left. I'm just going to read some of the deposits. Remember, Kate started this GoFundMe in November of 2017. Well, that month, $20,000 was pulled out of the GoFundMe and placed onto prepaid debit cards. This was multiple transactions totaling $20,000 over the next 30 days. This is November 2017 to no, December 2017. $347,000 was placed in Kate's bank account. In September of 2018, this is only 10 months after everything started. Kate and Mark were presented with a warrant to search their small home in New Jersey. The BMW they had purchased was towed away, which is just hilarious. At this time, no charges have been filed yet. GoFundMe releases a statement that they will give Johnny Bobbitt $400,000. It wasn't his fault that these two took advantage and stole all the money that was meant for him. That's a really generous thing for GoFundMe to do. GoFundMe has this thing called... GoFundMe guarantee, which covers the beneficiary when the funds have been misused. Things are getting ugly and dramatic, and there's about to be another twist. Besides Kate and Mark using the donated funds to enrich their lifestyle, some other things are going to come to light that are truly stunning. The night that Kate started the GoFundMe, this is one hour after it went live, 
Kate texted one of her friends and said, Okay, so the gas part is completely made up, but the guy isn't. I had to make something up to make people feel bad, so shush about the made-up part, end quote. It turns out that Kate and Mark had met Johnny one month before this whole $20 gas scenario. They saw him panhandling outside of a casino they were visiting. They liked Johnny right away and wanted to help him, but didn't know how. He told them he was a homeless veteran and didn't have any money. Kate tells Mark she can't stop thinking about that homeless guy, Johnny, and wishes that she could help him. So a month later, Kate makes up a story that Johnny stopped and gave her his last $20 to get her gas and then made a GoFundMe to repay his kindness. The three had concocted this plan. It's unknown how much Johnny's cut was going to be, but whatever it was, he didn't get his share because he sued them. I don't think Johnny realized that by suing those two, their scheme was going to come to light and he would be held accountable for his role. I think maybe they thought this wasn't going to get any bigger than $10,000, but within 30 days, there was so much money, they all just had to roll with it. Investigators found 60,000 text messages between the three. So to quickly recap, since I just unpacked a whole lot of info at once, Mark and Kate met Johnny outside of Sugarhouse Casino in Philly. They give him a couple bucks and talk with him because, and they start to feel bad because he's homeless. So they come up with a scheme to raise money for him and he's in on it. Kate makes up the story that Johnny helped her out with gas. $400,000 is raised in 30 days to help Johnny out. They give him less than a third of it, so he sues them. By doing that, it's realized that Johnny was in on it the whole time. I'm not taking sides here, but I feel Johnny, and I do feel Johnny was wrong to be involved in this, but he probably thought, I'm homeless. I'll do whatever I got to do to get myself into a warm bed. I'll be a part of their scheme or whatever. Whether Kate and Mark had good intentions from the beginning, they ultimately conned the 14,000 people who thought they were donating to a homeless veteran. I don't know if GoFundMe gave Johnny the funds as they said they would give him before it came out that all of this was a fraud, but I do know that GoFundMe repaid all of the donors their money back, which makes me really happy. Mark's attorney said, quote, Although there was a false component to the story, Johnny Bobbitt is real. Johnny Bobbitt had a real struggle. Johnny Bobbitt was a homeless veteran, and it was very real in terms of Mark and Kate wanting to help him. But somewhere along the line, things got blurred. Monies were diverted and used to Kate and Mark's benefit. It was found on Johnny Bobbitt's Twitter that he wrote back in 2012 in North Carolina, years before the story even happened. He wrote that he once helped a woman who was out of gas and had a flat tire. He used his dinner money to get her some gas and fix her tire. Perhaps this was the inspiration for Kate using that story. Johnny may have told her, look, I once helped someone who ran out of gas, and Kate likely said, oh, that sounds like a great story. Let's use that. All the money is gone, and it had been for a long time. So Kate, Mark, and Johnny are all turning on each other. Kate says Mark was the mastermind behind the whole thing, and he was abusive and pretty much made her do it. Mark says this was all Kate's idea. They both blame Johnny. It's like no one will take the blame. In the end, all three of them are at fault, and all three hate each other and are singing like canaries about what the other did. Kate McClure and Mark D'Amico were arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud. They both had various theft by deception and money laundering charges. 
They both face up to 20 years in prison. Their sentencing keeps getting delayed, and I last heard their sentencing would take place in 2022. These are federal charges, so they're definitely in some serious shit. As well, Kate lost her job at the New Jersey Department of Transportation. Johnny Bobbitt pled guilty to conspiracy to commit money laundering. The prosecutor said, yes, Kate and Mark were the architects behind this whole thing, but it wouldn't have escalated without Johnny's active participation. He got off a lot easier than the other two. Johnny was sentenced to five years probation. The judge told him this is a chance to turn your life around. He ordered him to stay at a inpatient drug treatment center. If he tests positive for drugs in the next five years, he will get sent to prison for five years. The judge is basically forcing him to stay clean and get a job. The prosecutor stated it well, quote, Johnny deserves our appreciation for his willingness to serve our country as a United States Marine, and he has our sympathy and concern for the homelessness that he's experienced, as well as his publicized struggle with addiction. But it is imperative to keep in mind that he was fully complicit in the scheme to defraud contributors, end quote. You know, GoFundMe can be a really good thing when used right. I've seen some really heartbreaking ones, like the family that lost three of their children to a drunk driver, people who have lost their homes and didn't have insurance, people who have medical bills and truly need the help. I've also seen some really awful ones. For example, I've seen some that are for people trying to get others to fund their European honeymoon. I saw another where a girl was 18 and didn't like the car her parents bought her, so she was trying to raise money for a different car. One of the dumbest ones I've ever seen in my life was when someone did a GoFundMe for Kylie Jenner when she was really close to billionaire status. They wanted to raise enough to get her to that point to make her a full-blown billionaire, which she is well past now, but this is a couple years ago. Anyway, thousands of dollars were raised to give to Kylie Jenner to push her over the billionaire line. I highly doubt she accepted the money. And to counter that, I saw a GoFundMe that was for the funeral of a gay man who was murdered simply for being gay. The donations came to about $3,000. Well, he was a big fan of Jeffree Star, and when Jeffree Star was told about this, he went on the site and donated $20,000, which really touched my heart and many others. So not all GoFundMes are bad, but please be careful when contributing. Make sure you do your research beforehand. Although Kate had a really convincing story and it would be hard to prove that it didn't really happen to her. I did read there's a documentary on Hulu about this whole case. I haven't watched it, but I definitely want to. It's called No Good Deed, a crowdfunding holiday heist. I truly feel they would have gotten away with it if Johnny hadn't blew the whistle that they were not giving him money. That's it for this week. I'm glad all the donors have been paid back. No one died in this one, so that's a positive thing. I'll see you all again soon. Take care and much love to you all.